continue a sermon series called Give Me Jesus with a message entitled Anointed Feet that is based on Luke 7, 36 through 50, which reads, One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Let us pray. Lord God, in this preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. Jesus is eating at the home of Simon the Pharisee when a notoriously sinful woman in town crashes the party. She walks over to Jesus and starts weeping as her tears sprinkle his feet. She proceeds to let down her hair, a blatant act of immodesty in that time and place. She then uses her hair to wipe her tears from Jesus's grimy feet. As if this is not awkward enough, she proceeds to kiss Jesus's feet profusely. 
the noise of the dinner party surely fizzled to a hush. Can you see everyone else at the table chewing their food slower and slower as they stare at this strange spectacle unfolding before them? Can you see the stunned expressions on their slack-jawed faces? It's one of those mealtime moments so fraught with silent tension that if somebody simply sets down a piece of silverware, it rings out like a church bell. Undaunted by the gawking dinner guests, the woman opens an expensive jar of perfume, pours it on Jesus' feet, and kisses them some more. Every eye at the party is now fixed on Jesus' feet. They are bathed in tears of love. They are covered with copious kisses. They are dripping with costly oil. Can you imagine what the dinner guests were thinking? We know what Simon the host was thinking. He thought to himself, if Jesus were a prophet, he'd know this woman is a sinner. And he would not let her touch him like this. But Jesus shows he is a prophet and more as he reads Simon's mind and responds with a parable. Simon, he says, say a moneylender cancels the debts of two people, one who owed 50 days' wages and one who owed 500 days' wages. Which one would love him more? I guess the one who had the bigger debt canceled, Simon replies. Right you are, says Jesus. You gave me no water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with costly perfume. Her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Jesus' point is that whoever is forgiven little loves little, and whoever is forgiven much loves much. It's not that the woman was a categorically worse sinner than Simon. It's that she recognized her desperate need for Christ's forgiveness while Simon apparently thought too highly of himself. He did not recognize his own need for God's mercy. He did not recognize his own need for divine grace. He did not recognize his own need for Christ's forgiveness. Those of us with less obvious sin can sometimes forget just how much we need forgiveness. One day when I was in graduate school, I was coming down the hall and I walked into a, a room and a professor was there, and he said to me, Hello, Noel, how is your sin today? <laughs> I stopped in my tracks and stood there dumbfounded. 
I've never been asked that before. I haven't been asked that since. How do you respond when somebody says, how is your sin today? He said, mighty is the answer. Mighty is the answer for us all. Indeed, if we could realize how mighty our depravity is, then we could realize how much mightier God's forgiveness is. If we could realize how great our iniquity is, then we could realize how much greater God's grace is. As the Apostle Paul wrote, where sin did abound, grace abounded all the more. And if we recognize this, we would love Christ all the more. We would love Christ extravagantly as this woman did. Extravagant love is the only appropriate response to God's extravagant grace. The Greek term in verse 42 translated canceled is karasato, which is a cognate of the term charis, the Greek word for grace. Her sin, in other words, was canceled by divine grace. Her sins got graced out. God's grace has a sin-canceling effect that elicits lavish love from its recipients. While the woman's actions conveyed lavish love, they were also bizarre. According to Bible scholar Francois Bovon, an anointing of the feet in and of itself would be an unusual, indeed unheard of action in antiquity. In other words, the woman's focus on anointing Jesus' feet with costly perfume was flat out weird. It was unusual, if not unprecedented. Why not anoint his head? As another woman does in Mark 14. Why not kiss his hand, which just seems more reasonable? Why shower such affection upon Christ's feet? Jesus' feet don't get much attention in most of the Gospels. Matthew explicitly mentions Jesus' feet only three times. Mark, only three times. John, only four times. Yet Luke's Gospel explicitly mentions Jesus' feet 15 times, seven of which are in this one story. Luke wants us to notice Jesus' The woman who anointed Jesus wants everybody to look at his feet. And Jesus himself does not seem at all nonplussed to have his feet occupying the spotlight at the dinner party. Instead, he draws further attention to his feet by saying, She wet my feet with her tears. She hasn't stopped kissing my feet. She anointed my feet. What is the deal with Jesus' feet? I want to hazard a hypothesis. 
There's a prophecy in Isaiah 52, 7 that says, How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news. Jesus is the bringer of God's good news. He has brought this sinful woman good news of divine forgiveness. Isaiah 52, 7 says that the one with beautiful feet will announce salvation and peace. And what does Jesus announce to the woman in verse 50? Your faith has saved you. Go in Jesus' feet are the target of the woman's devotion because he is the one with beautiful feet who has brought good news. He has brought good news of God's forgiveness, good news of divine grace, good news of salvation, good news of peace. Although her sins are many, although the other dinner guests may think her outlandish, and although the town folk may still condemn her for her previous misdeeds, and although the religious folks in the community may snub her every chance they get, she can nonetheless walk with her head held high. She can walk in the freedom of forgiveness. She can walk with assurance of salvation. She can walk with a peace that transcends all understanding because she is a child of God saved by grace through her faith. Strange as her actions may seem, it was perfectly fitting and uniquely insightful for this woman to shower her love upon Christ's feet. For the feet of Christ walked the cosmic corridors from heaven to earth to bring us good news. The feet of Christ left the golden streets of glory for the dusty streets of Galilee. The feet of Christ marched out into the wilderness and overcame the tempter. The feet of Christ climbed the mountainside to deliver the Sermon on the Mount and teach us how to live the feet of Christ walked the city streets, healing people left and right. The feet of Christ walked on water, revealing his divine nature. The feet of Christ pursued outcasts with the inclusive love of God. The feet of Christ stormed into the temple and upended patterns of injustice. The feet of Christ climbed the hill of Calvary where he died on the cross to reconcile us to God. And three days later, the feet of Christ stepped out of the tomb, overpowering the very power of death. And when the resurrected Christ appeared to his disciples, he said to them to look at his hands and to look at his feet. Feet that had been showered with tears. Feet that had been covered with kisses. Feet that had been anointed with oil. Feet that bring forgiveness. Feet that bring grace. Feet that bring salvation. Feet that bring peace. Feet 
that blaze a trail we can all follow into God's eternal kingdom. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news and all that's left is for us to set our feet to follow him. Amen.